Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. Hey, guys, why don't we eat? Dear, don't cause a fuss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm having spam, spam, spam. Cornflakes. 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 Any fancy you, sir. Spam, 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 baked beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you know? Mmm, forbidden donut. That's so weird for some reason, you know, Pavlovian response, but I'd sort of forgotten that we were going to get going. Hi, everybody. Um, Panel Beat is here. Kent, hello. (laughs) Good afternoon. You're smiling at me going, you you dang fool. Caught you a little off guard, huh? You did, because I was um, was checking out Instagram, actually going, oh, well, yeah, maybe we could talk about this. This could be kind of interesting. Um... Thanks. To, that was cavalier of me. God, I good <laughs> thing my mother's not alive at the moment. She would have slapped my hand for throwing things around like that. Dr. Shane, thank you very much. Um, and you were part of the doctor's talk uh, previously. Thank you, Kent. That was a great show. We did an award show. Okay. Nice. It's good no, fun. Yes. Um, and uh, here we are to talk about food and uh, foodie kind of issues. Uh, we're going to be going to Orbost later on in the show. Going to have a chat to Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave Beer and find out. Uh, actually, I think he's had a really big night last night because he was watching a band called Shepherd and Airplane. <laughs> Isn't that a great name? It's fabulous. <laughs> Shepherd and Airplane. Um, but uh, yeah, Chris Moore, we've spoken to him before about. Uh, the brewing of great and interesting foraged beers. So we'll be seeing what's happening down there at the East Coast. Uh, a lively chat with John that goes for about uh, 15 minutes. I can see that uh, Kent's got that all queued up and ready to go. But uh, before we do that, we're going to be chatting with 
a beautiful human, beautiful man, a great chef, Joseph Ghetto, who has Mr. Bianco and Massey, uh, Mr. Bianco in queue, which I was telling you about, Kent, and saying, hey, you should get there, man. It's good, good pasta. You want good, good Italian food. Uh, and then also Marcy that's uh, in the city. And uh, there's an interesting collaboration he's doing with Maurizio Tezzoni from uh, the famous one of uh, Icebergs. And before that, Ecucina. You're doing, you're doing the, the penny drop. The penny oh, drop. yeah. So, anyway, we'll have a chat to uh, Joseph. It's one of those um, check-in on industry, see how it's all going. And, um, well, we'll find out from Joseph how it's all going, but I, I think we all know sort of the answer, don't we? Interesting times, huh? There's the staffing, there's the costs, there's the supply. There's a collision of so many mm. things. And there's just the fatigue. The fatigue. The fatigue of just, you know, yeah. the, the wearing of all those times. And uh, and you've been dealing with this, you know, the, uh, the um, uh, what's the word? Uh, not the advent, but the emergence, I suppose, would be a better way of saying it, of a new strain from Africa. Oh, yes. And all the ramifications of that. Anyway, we're here to talk about food. <laughs> Here's Tom with the weather. Uh, how you doing out there? I hope you're having a good time. hope you're getting the vitamin D coming in your body. Uh, and you're, uh, you're having a good time. Can I just say, I had an awesome day yesterday, and this is just a bit of a, a plug and a spruik, but also I think... Um, in a way, an antidote to all that uh, that ails us in this society that we live in because so much is out of our control and there's so many... I don't want to say, you know, dark forces. I don't know, there's a lot of darkness out there in in the world at the moment. But I spent the whole day yesterday by the Yarra at the Greenhouse, um, which is part of the Future Food System, because uh, I've been doing a collaboration with Yoast Baker and I've been showing people through this incredible space. This Many out and about? There were a lot out and about. Um, another person I get to hang out with is probably uh, one of my favourite chefs, Joe Barrett, who's uh, now at, up at Beechworth trying to uh, catch some fish, I think, trying, trying a new fly rod out. But she's lived there during COVID, this 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 space you've seen the you know yeah. the space I'm talking yeah. about and uh, one of these she's saying it's noisy because <laughs> there's all these people yeah, everywhere because right. she lived there during COVID where there was nothing and there's all the boats were out and people were out and there was a marriage down at Zinc Bar but um, taking people through this um, um, rather innovative space that is uh, zero waste self-sustaining and bushfire resistant is another thing that's really amazing about this place. And um, it was, yeah, it was just a, a really, really good day and I want to do a shameless plug and say that we're going to be doing more of these tours and if you want to book in Future Food Systems at Eventbrite. And it's only about 20 bucks. One more time. Eventbrite, Future Food Systems with Cam Smith, that's me, Um <laughs> Down there, and uh, and hopefully you can come down, and uh, you can take a little bit out of it. You can take a lot out of it, but uh, you can also come and hang down the arrow and, and join us. So, yeah, 
That was a, a really, 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 really good day. I, I reckon maybe we might just get the ball rolling because uh, we're going to have a chat with Joseph and uh, we might do a couple sponsorship announcements, get him on the blower and say g'day to Joseph Aguero up there and Mr Bianco and Q. Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Thanks so much for being here. It means a lot. Joseph Aguero, <laughs> a good afternoon to you. How's your good Sunday? Afternoon. Very well, Cam. How, how are you going? Oh, look, I'm uh, I'm I'm doing okay, but uh, there's a there's a slight ennui, there's a slight weariness of the times that we live in that uh, that can't be ignored, I suppose. That seems to be uh, just sort of sort of <laughs> pressing. Happening. It's just sort of it sort of seems to sit just lightly on the shoulders, shall we say? Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that, that's me being brutally brutally honest. I mean. You know, normally when you ask someone how you're doing, the only answer should be, I'm fine, thank you, how are you, let's move on to oh, the next exactly. part of the conversation. Some, exactly. Sometimes you ask that question and, um, yeah, you could be there for a few well, hours. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's the other side where it's like, oh, my God, why did I even go there? Uh, I think I can hear my mother calling me. From yeah. the grave. you got to wash my hair. Yeah, wash my hair. That's it. That's it. But um, uh, for those that haven't met you or heard you before on this radio show, um, of course you... um, What, they haven't? Well, I... Well, these people. I I don't know. We're going to take their their names and numbers at the end of it and they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, But just in case they haven't, here's Joseph Argetto. He has two beautiful places. Uh, One, of course, Marcy in the City, um, where there's an interesting collaboration happening, which I'm kind of interested in how that came to be and uh, the ethos behind it. And then, of course, um, not to say Marcy isn't beautiful, but I think uh, Mr. Bianco is a truly beautiful dining room. Like, oh, thank it, you. Oh, no, I really do. It's just, it's, it's so... It's been here for a while now. It's been, it's 12 years. We opened up in, what? oh, well, I opened it up in, yeah, 2010. Yeah. And now it's, what, you know, 12 years, nearly 12 years down the track. Oh, oh. where yeah. does the time go, my God, up there on the hill? Exactly. And, uh, exactly right. And I don't know, I mean, how do we count... How do we count these last two years? Do they become like dog years where you add seven? <laughs> you know, it's well, like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit like the, you know, leap years. Maybe that's what we call them. Yeah. Just kind of just leap to a better time or, you know, kind of a time where we uh, were all, you know, a bit more human and a bit more populous rather than kind of, well, um, Or maybe you know, we call them fresh air years. That we, yeah. Maybe in some time we'll be able to just fresh air them. <laughs> Uh, training away. <laughs> but um, one of the things, and I, I really would love to just um, clap my hands for you to applaud you, is just your dogged determination and your incredible creativity that you came up with during that time. Oh, because thanks so much. there was always something happening. You'd get a Mr. Bianco uh, uh, oh, yeah. post on the Instagram and go, What's he doing yeah. now? It's like. Whether it was the Italian job, well, where you were you were running around delivering stuff in minis, um, minis that was good fun. Yeah, we we still have two. Mm. Uh, one is an electric mini uh, provided by Doncaster Mini, 
Um, and it was probably their first one that came across, and they've put some signs on it. Um, we still do um, home deliveries. We, you know, we do some outside functions and things like that as well. And you'll see that little red one with the little white roof. Hmm. Uh, and that's just all electric. And it was quite, quite strange in trying to work out how to drive it because you really don't even need to use the brake when you stop because you kind of take your foot off the accelerator and it kind of slows down. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, that was a, that's a lot of fun. So and, and even, even just that, even... Even just you know being locked down in COVID, just understanding how to how to drive an electric car was was good enough for me. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Well, you didn't get to you didn't get to learn how to play the mandolin, but you uh, you you've learned how to drive an electric car. I suppose yeah, is 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 the thing. But also, um, there was just some beautiful pastas being created that you do, and I think. Um, your pastors, even though you'd probably go, oh, stop it, stop it, is they're, they're, it's it's like little works of art. They really they are, are like, yeah, they mm. they they are, and it's uh, it's well, I I was I'm not saying that I was I was quite fortunate, but mm. I have a lot of whether relatives and family and friends and um, and colleagues and and so on in Italy and right on the onset of all this kind of happening. I kind of call it the 1st of March where I was, you know, sent a message by a friend of mine that was uh, actually in one of the hospitals there in up north and uh, he basically warned me, he said, Joe, this is not a joke. So. Oh, this is in, in northern Italy we're talking. In northern Italy. Yeah, because and then I saw... they were the ones, they got hit really bad really, really quickly, didn't they? Yeah. And they, yeah. they, they were locking down entire villages and we were yeah. looking going, wow, that's... Yeah. Because in, northern, because in northern Italy, there's a lot of fashion houses and there's a lot of fashion factories and things like that, which he's, you know, he's created and then obviously sent to China, sent to, you know, around Europe and so on. And, um, oh. and there was a lot of things that happened, you know, and also northern Italy, is, there's a lot of, you know, it's uh, predominantly a lot of old people as well. Like, well. Obviously, once you have the tourists involved, then the population changes. But as it's kind of own set, it's it's an elderly society, mm. so I was sent that message and I kind of listened to that and I went and then I um, spoke with a couple of the, the chefs there up up north and they're going yeah we're doing takeaway lasagnas and and I thought you know some of these chefs you would not think that they would be doing this and I thought well if they're going to do it okay. I'm going to do it yeah. and I took on the name the Italian job being the old you know the the, the movie with uh, Michael Caine and. Oh, and one, and, and one of the most horrific, horrific beginnings of a movie ever where mm. a Lamborghini Miura is that's sacrificed right. over a cliff in the beginning yeah. and you and you weep, <laughs> and that's only the first five minutes. Exactly. I and still, I've got was, goosebumps thinking of that. And remember, yeah. and remember what they were fighting over or where it was coming from? It was coming from China. So it was a gold, you know, gold bullion, gold bullion or, you know, all the gold coming from China. That. Right. Yeah. So I called it the Italian job because of obviously you know getting the food to you quickly oh, and, uh, and efficiently. There were but tongue in cheek extra yeah. connotations. I hadn't put yeah, that together. Subliminal ah. message. Oh, I see. It's good that I'm talking to you about these things. Um, yeah. Now, during during that time, there were. Um, mm. it, it was almost okay. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna put a premise, and you can either agree with me or go, "No, you're crazy. What are you talking sure. about?" Because you were, 
you know, in a desperate effort to try and survive, keep people fed, uh, to f- and feeding people to keep people fed and keeping them on, that you, you went back to um, a lot of some really old school pastors. And I was just wondering if there was any that you... A rediscovery or, you know, one that you got enormous satisfaction from? Absolutely. I think the biggest one is that, um, you know, down south, our pasta recipes are very, very, very different to what is up north. You know, literally in in southern Italy, you have semolina, you've got water as you go up, up the peninsula. Well, up, north, up to north and you leave, you've got a lot more egg yolks and a lot more kind of processed flour. You know, tipo zero zero or even tipo zero zero zero, you know, three zeros. <laughs> um, so the, the, some of the passes that I kind of, you know, um, um, that we reintroduced with things like macaroni, which are little square, you kind of cut a, uh, you roll out the pasta and you cut out little squares and then you roll over a little. Um, steel um, stick uh, called a ferretto and mm. then you just you roll them like that and then you kind of pull them off and then you see the like the the hole that goes in it looks like a bit like a a very slender rigatoni or a little you know very slender so those were the you know because it's not the fact that we had a lot of time but I thought okay let's uh, let's um, bring some of those back back in. So mm. recipes are very very simple. It's literally like 500 grams of flour, uh, a couple of eggs, some water. You make the dough, let it rest, and um, and you don't really need a lot of equipment. So all you no. need is either a rolling pin. You need some nimble, and, and a nimble stick. fingers, a stick, and, and nimble fingers, and lots of and time. time. Boom, and time, snap. exactly. Yeah, and and the sources that go with it. Um, you know, uh, during that time as well, whether it be in autumn or winter, yeah. you know, there were some beautiful, beautiful, you know, root vegetables or cauliflowers or broccolis, and you can do like a, a wonderful broccoli and you fry the broccoli in some olive oil, a little bit of black pepper, some garlic, and then toss that pasta inside and then just add some pecorino right at the end. And again, they're, they're yeah, simple pecorino. to do, mm. inexpensive, but jam-packed full of flavor. So there's, you know, those... But those things we were, you know, getting back into as well. And, and also, if I can put, um, tell me what you think about this, because I was learning this, doing one of the things that I kind of learned to do during the uh, uh, our COVID experience was, um, mm. you know, the emulsified pastas, you know, the uh, uh, pasta allegrizia. Uh, Cacio Pepe, which seemed everybody was doing. But I was thinking as I was doing it, it was sort of like, this is a bit like jazz in that, you know, you're improvising and you're feeling your way through it. It's not mm-hmm. like a Beethoven symphony, which is structured, da-da-da-da-da-da. But you have to use your eyes and all your senses and, and, and you feel the dish, yeah? Correct. Yeah. No, that's totally right. And again, um, Italian food, if you can call it Italian food, it's really uh, food of, a, of many, many regions in, in Italy where the you know, you're down south in Sicily or in Calabria or in Campania or if you're up north in, you know, Piemonte or Veneto. You know, the food changes, mentality changes, and it's just you can't really say, oh, I'm doing Italian food or I'm doing an Italian dish. It's really a dish of, of specific Italian homes, and each home does it 
very, very differently. <laughs> and you can get into a lot of trouble by I saying, know. this is what I do, and then you'll have an argument. No one's right. Yeah. You know, Italians love having arguments as well and love like, kind of you know, politicising things and whatever else. And, and, and at the end of the day, we, we become, we're just friends again. It's just a, like we like you know, being quite opinionated. Um, unless... Each home, okay, sorry, yeah, yeah go on. But each, each household or each region does things very differently. Yeah. And no one's right or wrong. It's just the way it is. No one's <laughs> right or wrong. Excuse me. That's the other. I, you've just oh, reminded no. me of um, Jamie Oliver. <laughs> and, and I've never seen Jamie Oliver so defeated at the end of it. He was leaning over the steering wheel of his beautiful uh, Volkswagen Combi Safari bus uh, because his balls had just been broken by so many nonnas going... <laughs> No! Why are you putting no, capsicum? Well, you can't put capsicum in there. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't have capsicum. No. Um, <laughs> but when you're in there, in See? when you're in their their home territory, you you can't go in there with uh, let's put uh, white wine in a specific dish. To yeah. Just like look at you, and they'll literally escort you out the door. Well, they won't um, even have the argument. He he was yeah. metaphorically tarred and <laughs> feathered by the Italians. It's uh, yeah. it was uh, it was quite something, and it shows you how. Yeah, Italians love to argue, mm. but there are some things you just don't mess with. And, uh, that's right. Yeah, and that's but just the way it's got to be. Also, Cam, there's the thing of, you know, when you're in, when you're in a specific town, mm. you, you only have specific ingredients. So there's no way you can kind of stuff it up because you've got yeah. one, you know, you've got an eggplant, you've got, uh, I don't know, tuna, you've got uh, basil, mm. and that's really all they have. But once you go, for example, to London or you go to New York or you go to Melbourne and you've got your different kind of multicultural zones and so on, and you go, oh, you know, maybe I can add this capsicum to this and, yeah, and put, you, might, and, you might actually enjoy it and, and might taste really, really good. But yeah. you can do that in Melbourne. But don't go over into the homeland of where it kind of came. came. They'll just look at you going... No. You're 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 a nutter. No, yeah, and you're being polite, and and also you get the <laughs> wagging finger, the index finger yeah. of no. <laughs> yeah, of course not. Yeah, because you know they come from very stern stern traditions, and changing an element of a of of something, you know, whether it be the recipe or the technique or the the process or it just doesn't change. No. It doesn't change. No. If you want to then open up, a, I don't know, an alternative style restaurant, whether it be in Milano or in Ragusa or in Rome, you can probably get away with it because, Ooh. you know, people are looking for diversity. Yeah, I don't but, know. I, I remember having you know. a chat to, uh, here you go, here's a bit of name dropping, Massimo Bocciura. Uh, and uh, so he was the, I don't know, he's up there. Oh, and, yeah, he, yeah, everyone turned their back on him when he first started. Yes, there you go. And they're mm. all going, you know, he the, you know, they'd throw eggs at his Ferrari. Yeah. Well, I don't know whether they'd do that. They probably wouldn't waste good eggs because oh. Mama would be terrible, you know. What are you doing Especially with those eggs? In Modena, where he's from, in you mm. know, the heartland of, of uh, you know, very stern Bolognese, very stern Emilia-Romagna. Yeah. You know, I remember Emilia... And Romania, kind of two regions put together, and both, you know, very, very strong. They're, you know, very industrial uh, region in Italy as well. They've got, you know, some magnificent cars or industry and, and so on. And he opened that restaurant right in the heart of, 
you know, of tradition, you know, yeah. like uh, balsamic and parmigiano and mm. and he was, you know, he was throwing things on a plate and doing so on. Literally, he was empty for, for months mm. and then it turned. So, yeah, yeah like, I don't you're, know, you're totally right. going to church yeah. in, a, in a miniskirt or something like that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, just in a, a couple minutes, because we probably need to uh, address it and chat about mm-hmm. it. Are you hiring staff at the moment? We are hiring many staff, yeah. um, but there aren't any staff. Yeah, so there we go. That's, so it's kind of everyone's got their, their beak in this, in, this, in this pool and everyone's trying to drink, but the, the, the pond is empty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so whether people are – at the moment – there is obviously staff or individuals, you know, moving from a, from one venue to another. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, apprentices, you know, take time to kind of get involved and move into an industry and then, you know, get the skill level up and running and then move up. So we're probably like, you know, three, maybe two years behind the eight ball here. Yeah. So either venues need to change their their um their way that they do things or they have to kind of you know uh cut cut uh depending i don't know if if people do breakfast or they do dinner or they do something there's a lot of a lot of places that are uh kind of streamlining and streamlining whether the menu um, or, or not cutting. or even cutting services off you know exactly we're, we're talking about exactly. places that can't afford to do breakfast anymore because That's there's right. just, there's no staff to to yeah, or, you know, before Sunday, Monday op- uh, open, you know, closing, you know, we, we, um, we, uh, you know, we, we, uh, open on Mondays for certain, for certain functions, you know, at this time, but next year we'll be closing Sunday and Mondays. There's, there's no doubt about it. Really? You know, what for? Oh, yeah. You know, it's just, it's one of these things as well. You may as well have a really, really good, tight kind of core team rather having, you know, 12 staff or 20 staff. And, you know, it's one of these things that you open an extra day just to pay just to pay the bills and you're not actually making anything or you haven't, and but you've just exposed yourself to another service that, you know, customers or your guests come in. They want to be impressed. They want to, they want to enjoy themselves. They want to leave their kind of world at the door and, uh, and have a really, really fun time. Mm. They don't want to have, you know, kind of, you know, people dropping stuff or, you know, not, not have a good time. So it's better to have a good time maybe in five services rather than have, opening it up to seven. Um, so, and again, going back to that Italian thought, mm. that's what kind of is. It's a, it's a family unit, uh, and that's how I kind of see it as well. It's, you know, I don't have staff. I have people that I, I trust, that they trust me, I trust them, and, you know, we all try to work work through and making sure that we we create something that we're really proud of, rather than just kind of slapping it on the plate or just you know bringing people to their table and you know throwing stuff. This is this is you know our dining room. It's our home. It's where we spend most of our time. So we, I just want to do things right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. A certain amount of the uh, the profundo. I think it, it's 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 got to mean something. Exactly right. Mm. I remember um, as when I did well, I went over, I went 
overseas in Europe for a very long time, but I, sp- I worked in Italy for close to two years, and uh, I spent most of my time with uh, Gualtiero Marchesi. And, and one of the things that I saw many a time, I'd walk down the road because uh, the restaurant was in Bella Vista region, but there's a lot of these small towns. And where's where's Bella Vista for those that uh, might not know? So as you're going to Venice, yeah, uh, like oh, from yeah. Milano to Venice. Wow, uh, Bella Vista is kind of halfway near Verona. And Bella Vista means really shit hot view. Shit hot view because you've got yeah. the Lago Zeo, you've got all the wineries, you've got the kind of you know the mountains coming coming up. And most of these little little um, restaurants in these towns are all you know owner operated or family operated. Yeah, and I saw some sometimes tourists would wander in at like five o'clock when they're having you know kind of staff meal. I would like watch the interaction of that, and it was just so funny. I would just like literally take them, <laughs> escort them out the door, and lock it, and say, "Come back at six o'clock." No, you know, yeah, yeah. no. But I, I, to I, I've come all the way here to try your rigatoni. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's and that's the struggle between yeah, you know. Are we open for everyone at, at any time, or you know, are we are we there for specific times that we want to just give our all to you? But that, but maybe that's, that's that, the that goes down to notions of respect, though. Yeah, you know, it does. It, it, it does it indeed. Does. It does indeed. Well, yeah. um, it's lovely to catch up with you. Um, how's the you. Uh, oh, in in thirty seconds? Uh, the mm-hmm. thing with uh, Moritz, uh, Maurizio uh, yeah. down there at Massey. What, what's very going on? Ex- what's going on? Very exciting. We're going. Um, well, um, he's well. He is, or you know, Maurizio is coming back to Melbourne. Uh, we're doing something very exciting uh, at 4:45 Little Collins Street. Right. Uh, we are doing. Um, we're refreshing uh, Masi, so we're giving that uh, a new name and calling it uh, Cucina Povera. And Cucina Povera is basically uh, a celebration of the immigrants that came across, you know, from Italy to Australia back in the 50s and 60s and literally um, using specific, very simple ingredients but making them the hero. Um, Maurizio's son, Sylvester, will be heading up the floor, so it's the third generation. Wow. Um, not just Mauricio's coming back to Melbourne after we, you know losing him to Sydney, mm. but his son will be uh, manning the floor, uh, and we're, we're just going to have a really, really, really fun time creating this uh, this new concept uh, designed by Latitude Design, and they've they've done some okay. magic, magic little design work. Wow. I have to say, it just looks it looks uh, a mint, um, but. It's kind of Maurizio coming back to Melbourne. I think we should that's celebrate big. that as well because yeah, that's big. You know, well, he, he, he taught a whole bunch of people how to eat Italian food properly, as well. But also the the lineage and the the family tree of of him, you know, twenty odd years ago, and specific people that worked for him now have very very successful places. Hmm. And we lost out Melbourne. You know, we lost out to Sydney. And if you look up in Sydney, there's specific. You know, again, the family tree from, you know, icebergs and so on and these people moving on and doing new things. Sydney just benefited. So I am so excited that uh, we have a 
uh, him coming back. We're getting him back, and, which is good. And we're going to bring back the fun. We want to bring back a little bit of the party. We want to we we want to get away from this narrative of what Melbourne is at the moment. And you know, it's a bit you know, there's protests and there's this and there's that. And I'm, I'm a bit over it. So I just want next year. I just want to open up and start smiling a lot more and uh, and uh, making it a happy place. I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that, yeah. Joseph. Lovely to speak with you today. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And My pleasure. Uh, you too. Hey, you betcha. You betcha. Hey, you know, I'm, go- I'm going off for lunch after this, so I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. See you, Joseph. My pleasure, Cam. Anytime. Big Thank hu- you. Big hug Thank to you, for buddy. It. Have a wonderful Sunday. Will do. Okay. 12- 12.33. We kind of um, we kind of got lost in that, didn't we? What a story. Yeah, good, good, some good stories there. We were. Uh, I we, like the optimism at the end there. Yes, well, you know that's. Uh, yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you. We were going to play some music, but we thought, ah, bugger it, we're going to we'll cut the music track. Uh, we'll play some sponsorship announcements, and uh, then we'll be going straight to market. Triple R on FM, digital, online, and via the app. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon to you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I mean, look at this day. It's uh, it's just like one out of the box. Yes, the sun's coming out. It, it looks very vibrant. Mm. There's still a little chill in the air, which I rather like. Yes. Because when that sun comes out, I really, really enjoy it. As long as it doesn't get too hot. Mm. And this is good for the... Um, yeah, you're ready for it. For, you got the, the shorts veg- on. got the shorts on, mate, ready to roll. Yep. Good for the veggies too, because we've had a, a little bit of rain at night. A little bit of sunshine in during the day to invigorate the new plants that are coming on because uh, a lot of things were into crossover. So, yeah, we're looking good. And I've got to say, casting my eyes around here, of course, we're at Tomato City in the Queen Victoria Market H Shed. Yes. Oh, yeah, got that right after all these years. Thank God I've got a, got a slap. Um, but everything is looking really, really good, although I am seeing some kind of expensive prices. Um, around. Actually, now that I look at it, everything seems um, pretty good. But um, Robbie has got some beautiful fruit next door. We don't actually talk much about Robbie Chen, who's next door, your man-wife. Yeah, sometimes we sling a few, few arrows at him, but not often. Yeah, but um, you were saying before about cherries that you saw, mm. and uh, I made a couple of nasty comments, so I'll, I'll say them again. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay. The gloves yeah, are yeah. off. Okay, well, you're, you're looking at cherries, and the best cherries are about $30, $36 a kilo. Correct, Correct. because okay. we, are, we are just a little bit past the Melbourne Cup. Yes. Actually, we're a long way past Melbourne Cup, actually. And because of the weather, um, the better cherries are very, very expensive. Mm. But it's better to buy a quarter kilo, half kilo, and enjoy them because they're big, robust, plump, juicy. There are some for $7, not even worth cooking. I I was given some, and I, I went... And I had to throw half of them out and stew who's, the other who's half. Who's giving you cherries? Well, no comment. Okay. Because <laughs> Joey but, will get upset. Oh, okay. But it, it is true. You, um, When you are buying cherries, it's one of those things you pay for the most expensive you can afford because the seed-to-fruit ratio, one, is... Well, that's about the only thing, isn't it, really? No, the plumpness and the sugar levels well, as well. Well, that's what I mean. But, but, but also, you, you can find something that's a median price and still enjoy it. Mm. 
So instead of looking for a $7 one, maybe you look for a $15, $20 one. Look at the colour. The colour and variety also dictate the price of the cherries as well. So get in there and have a feed of those. And the stone fruit, it's on its way. So get out there. Oh, I've seen plums. I didn't see them yesterday. Where Straight across. Oh, yeah, they are too. Yeah. Oh, we've been hanging for a plum, so looks like we'll have to get some. Yeah, so there's plenty of fruit nice. out there, plenty of apples, plenty of pears. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of R2E2 mangoes, which I dislike with a, a vengeance. So KPs will come back again soon. Uh, um, ro- that, again, Robbie has yeah, got some... Fi- got some they're five bucks... Yeah, that's but all oh, there they look great. Yeah, yeah, they're like and, super A grade. And, and when you eat one of those, it's big and juicy. They are really the bee's knees. Well, it, it, this is one of the things that we agree on. We look at each other and we go, "Yeah, that's right." And it's nice when we do this. But the Kensington Pride Mango is the greatest mango in the free world. I think it's the only mango in the free world. There we go. Yeah, well, it's the only one I ever ever bother to buy. Yes, that's right. I'm the same. Mm. We eat them by the tray when they're done, when they're ripe and done nearly. Mm. Um, when they're a little bit greener, we still let them sit because we like them very, very ripe. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, uh, that is nice. Can we just go back to the cherries and maybe we'll zoom out to the macro? Um, one of the reasons that cherries are expensive, will become possibly more expensive, is the amount of rain that is around the northern part of Australia. One of the biggest areas to grow cherries is a place called Young, correct? Yes. Good. And also in Victoria. Don't forget Victoria. Yeah, yeah, but um, uh, my point is that I'm sort of leading to is that there's been a fair bit of rain up there, so there'll be a lot of split cherries, there'll be a lot of cherry growers up there, maybe not weeping quietly, but um, enduring uh, the vagaries of the weather. Definitely, and the reason that they planted the cherries up there in, at Young was because the bigger growers, uh, the Chapmans, were down here in Sylvan, yeah. and um, so that they could cover their losses in one way. Yeah. They, if they missed here, they had cherries from there. So, uh, and if they both did well, they did well. So you get a second bite of the cherry. <laughs> I'm glad you slipped that one in. <laughs> I had to do it. Definitely, definitely. And, and we're the winners because um, the cherries from up there are a little bit bigger and plumper varieties. Nothing wrong with the cherries from Sylvan and, and other places in Victoria because I reckon we grow the best. And uh, there are many, many varieties out there. There's big black ones, there's red ones, there's white ones, there's half-red white ones. Mm. Um, so you, you pick and choose what you like, and everyone does a different job. Some are better for stewing, some are beautiful to make cakes with, some just better sit there and slurp them up. And, and then, of course, there's the American creation, which is quite extraordinary... A cherry pie. Oh, definitely. Oh. I've eaten cherry pie in the <laughs> oh, States. God, that is that is a truly really great thing. All right, let's move on right. uh, to the veg. About the weather. Yep, the weather. Okay, we, 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 should we finish up with that? That uh, are we going to see uh, impact on prices because of the amount of rain that's happening to the north? Yeah, not just to the north, all the way up the eastern seaboard and even over the west has had a lot of rain as well. Mm. And I've just brought these beautiful peas now. Oh, yes. They look sad. But they this do. This is a 
best pea grower in Australia. Yeah, These three normally the would not have made it into the box, but because they couldn't get into the, pick them at the right time, they're a little bit sad on the outside. Mm. Peas are still good on the inside. This one, up. what did you say about that, Mark? Well, it looks like, uh, yeah, I don't know, the, uh, the, the thumb of St. Anthony or something. Mm. I don't know. I was Unfortunately, really... it's worse. It's hail. Oh, okay. Hail. Yeah, they right. got hail. So, so it's been bruised. Yeah, been bruised. It's been bruised the, by the a bit of shell. ice. Yes, definitely. And um, I was talking to one of the boys. They lost 45 glass houses. <gasps> Shattered. Fruit gone. Oh, fittings wow. gone. $100,000 cleanup minimum. And then maybe another 150 refit. Yeah. So tomatoes gone. So the weather's bad all over the place. Where was that? South Australia, South Australia. Uh, in Virginia, South Australia. Yeah. Um, so the weather is impacting a lot of the prices, as you said. Not a great deal because um, you know not everyone gets hit. So one does well, and one unfortunately loses. So mm. we'll, we'll balance it out a little bit. Um, and again, you know, if we don't get it from South Australia, we get it from Queensland or somewhere else. So we're surviving that way. Mm. But uh, it will affect a lot of the prices. It will affect quality. We don't worry so much about price, mm. but we worry about quality. So, you know, but we're still blessed. So we're cruising OK at the moment. We'll see what happens by Christmas. Yeah, I see you've uh, you've brought out a cauliflower. Is this for your little subliminal hope of getting... Deep fried cauliflower tonight? Yes, I'll definitely make it very loud. Don't worry about some liminal um, uh, suggestion. Oh, yes, very much so. Yep. Um, but yeah, this one I'm going to cut it in half. This one doesn't look real pretty, but. I don't know. Sometimes right. when a collie doesn't look real pretty, a squeeze of lemon juice in the water when you're boiling or steaming will really make it come up white again we'll and it give again. it a little bit of a different mm. flavour as well. Um, so, yeah, they're a little bit dear at the moment. And broccoli, broccoli's gone through the roof. My neighbour, who's normally selling $2 a kilo, is selling $5. Wow. Thinking about putting $6 on them because Ooh. that's what they're worth. Yeah. I've got seven on mine because the quality's a little bit better. Yes. But um, I believe it'll probably head towards $10 a kilo. Collies, at the moment, we're selling 3 to $5, depending on the quality. Yes. Um, this is... Um, I've got a very, very big hand, and I've got a uh, nine-inch span finger, if you can convert that. Um, it's like a dinner plate, nearly. Um, you'll get two, three meals out of that for 354 bucks, whatever. Uh, it's a good buy still. It's a good head. It sure is. But I'm going to hope for a battered cauliflower. Yeah. Fried. Now, one of the things you were pointing out um, that personifies the fact that we're, we really are getting into early summer, spring has sprung, and... The flowers have come and now the fruit and one of the beautiful things that I love about this time of year are these little beautiful zucchinis that we have here. These yeah. are about the size, that's about the size of my index finger um, and it's so pretty. Now, in the olden days we used to sell, only sell zucchini like that. And then, you know, people get a little bit lazy and they do a lot of different things with them. They look for bigger zucchini. Yeah. Now, these zucchini uh, probably grow in one day. They go boom when the flowers there. Yeah. Um, and if you leave them another day, they're twice the size, three days or three times the size. And but half the, half the flavour. Oh, maybe even less because when they're really big, they're not good for much at all except for soup. Yeah. Uh, or stuffing. Or stuffing. Yeah. 
So the little ones are very sweet, uh, very tender. Um, I said to one of your comrades before, we steamed them lightly and put mozzarella on top. That was Chris Gill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, Chris, if you're listening. And even if you cut it in half and um, crumb it or fry it, mm. uh, batter it and fry it, they're to die for as well. Oh, my knees just went. Yeah, oh, my God. That's just... They're... One of my favourite vegetables, but but so different depending on the size that you get with the amount of flavour you get. Incredible. The big ones... Um that have got the thickness of a uh, tennis ball are beautiful to slice and, and crumb and fry. Mm. But other than that, we don't bother with them. Yeah, right. Okay. Just my walk, gran- walk on by. Yeah, you just put your hand up. My grandfather used to scoop out the middle, um, like all the Anglos, fill them up with uh, lamb mince and shove them in the oven. Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, that wasn't a bad Sunday uh, lunch. Yeah, because those juices mingle and, and marry quite well together, they do, they it, it has to be said. So it shouldn't be too prejudiced. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we have our, our flavours and uh, the things we prefer. Um, uh, let you know, there was a, a few weeks ago that I, I came and I got a bunch of these very, very small artichokes. I don't know, these like the side cuts that come off? Yes, they are. Yeah, they are. Like, the same lucky at the second thing with broccoli. Um, I spent a very, very pleasurable... Uh, hour and a half or so. Uh, had some, I think, jazz music on. Something good anyway. Didn't think about any of my problems. I just had my very small knife, little Spanish knife, and I was just trimming down these little artichokes and I pickled them. And um, they're, they're still there. Like, I've eaten a lot of them. But what a good thing to do. Definitely. And like you said, it's a good way to clear the mind. You, you mm. do something, concentrate on what you're doing, and at the end of it, you've got a beautiful product. You'll have them sitting there in, either in the fridge, covered in oil or in the jar, mm. and they'll get better as time goes by. I was actually really proud of these because I'd really trimmed them down nicely. They were looking quite, quite good. Uh, Tomato-wise, there's a lot of stuff on branch that you've got here. You've got a lot of the minis, mini romas, mini cherries, yellows. Um, I'm astounded at the concentration of flavour that they bring. Each one's different. Like Mm. the the round cherry tomatoes are very crisp and uh, sharp. Mm. Uh, The mini romas are softer and sweeter. The yellow ones have got a mix here, guys. Uh, that's part of the Carlton crew. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wishes. <laughs> His grandfather may have been. Um, yeah, so they've all got different texture, different flavour. And then we've got uh, Black Russians. We've got Rouge de Marmande. We've got Rouge de Marmalade. Uh, we've got those Romas on the truss, which Joey posted a photo on Anster. Uh, and then we've got normal Romas, and then we've got Murray Bridge at the moment, so they're all spectacular. Let me cut to the chase and just ask you, just looking in your eyes and going, which one has the best flavour? Uh, mini Romas are the sweetest, yeah. and the yellow ones, we made a pasta to die for with the yellow ones. Just warm them through. Well, well tell me, well, what do you do? I uh, fried off a bit of garlic and onion. Yeah. Tomatoes. Don't burn it. Don't burn, don't the garlic. burn it. Tomatoes on top. Mm. If they didn't they split, sliced. No, no, no slice. Straight no, in a no pan. And um, if they're not bursting quick enough for you, the potato masher does wonders. Yes. Just give them a bang, and then let them warm through again, and do your pasta on top of the pasta with a bit of oil, olive oil, parsley, garlic. Oh, garlic's already fried. What uh, shape? Basil. Yeah, yeah, basil. Uh, what did we do last time? I think we did the spirals. 
Oh, Spirelli? Yeah. Wow. Just for a change. And cheese on top? Yeah. I, actually, I did half a plate no cheese and half a plate with cheese just to compare. Mm. Oh, and the ones that I didn't put cheese on, I put anchovies through it when it was in the plate. And, and, and that was just as good as having cheese on top. I couldn't pick which I like better. I don't know. Join me, folks. Is your mouth watering at the moment? Because that sounds really, really good. And a little glass of vino? Yeah, I can't drink the vino. You know that. So, you know, a little bit of water. I thought you could say you had me scotch. Mm, Later. Later. Okay. All right, very, very quickly, because I think we're a bit over time. Pick of the market. Pick of the market. Definitely got to eat those zucchini. We got some... um, uh, funny shaped cucumbers they're the telegraph cucumbers that are not growing straight so they cull them they're crunchier less moisture like a dill cucumber yeah you could probably even pickle them too oh that's exactly what I said to Chris mate you've got to get some of these <laughs> yeah uh, we've had some magic carrots which we've had baked and steamed mm-hmm. uh, stir fried as well um as usual, you name it we got it all we've been selling a lot of fancy lettuce because they're nice and big um juicy sweet lettuces three or four different varieties. What can I say? That's it. Yeah. Come and have a look. Come on. It's all good. John, thank you as always. And may your cauliflower be battered. I'll keep praying. Okay. <laughs> See ya. Triple R. We are glad to be having a chat as we head on up that highway up the east. Towards New South Wales border, but we're not going to go that far, no. We've got the we've got the handbrake on before there. We're talking to Chris Moore from Sailor's Grave Beer down there in beautiful downtown Orbost. How the hell are you? Cam, I'm really, really good. How are you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you haven't got a little bit of a headache in the left eye after uh, the, <laughs> the experience of uh, yesterday and shepherd an airplane? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, surprisingly. I'm still riding the energy from last night, actually. Yeah, we had our deep winter festival. Meat Smith were down doing amazing food, and, and Shepard and Airplane were unbelievable. They were great. <laughs> it's just... Um, so, obviously, we're talking about a band uh, that's around yeah. <laughs> there. Great name for it, obviously. Uh, they, they're, they're not locals, right? They're from Shepparton? What's the... No, no, they're from Melbourne. They're a Melbourne band. A um, couple of members from Peep Tempel and other bands. Um, yeah, they've been around for, uh, I don't know, about six or seven years now. Great band. I think it's a pun on Jefferson Airplane. I actually don't know that's a fact, but I no, always assume that the, name is, yeah, yeah, the name is a pun. I mean, yeah. otherwise, it's just the greatest coincidence in, uh, in the world, shall we say, and uh, could be the start of some great conspiracy theories. Sailor's Grave Brewing, um, a fabulous brewery in Gippsland. Um, I, we were having a chat before and going, God, it's been a few, it's been a few footy seasons now that we've known each other. That's right. Yeah, maybe six years, I reckon. Yeah, and uh, right from the word go, was so impressed with um, just the ethos behind the company, but also the the foraging aspect and the fact that um, you were sort of this wide-eyed um, person who was ready to experiment, get the get the mash ton out, and who knows yeah. what was going to end up in it. Yeah, we'll either break the mash tun or we'll get something good out of it, one yeah. way or the other. 
And uh, what's in your mash tun at the moment? I was one of the things I wanted to ask. So we may as well will do that. What 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 flavour combinations and styles have been uh, beguiling you lately? We've got a couple of beers out. We've kind of revisited and rejigged a couple of beers. One's a uh, sea fret, it's called, which kind of means sea mist, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, Kind of like a Belgian wit beer, but with uh, forage, coastal salt bush, and lots of uh, orange rind and citrusy flavours, sort of salty, earthy, yeah. bright beer. Yeah. Um, we've got our our homage to the Canotto soft drink, so lots of little bitter, super bitter Canotto oranges that gab brined in seawater what? for a couple of weeks, and then we wood roasted them and shoved them in the mash tun. Um, really great. Dark, tangy, citrusy, bitter beer, like like the like the soft drink. Yeah, they're a couple of my favourites at the moment. I've got oh, I can't imagine that. Actually, I remember seeing that. It was in hard, hard lockdown and going. I want yep. some of that. That sounded great. Where did yeah. you get your Canotto oranges from? The Canotto oranges come from up in the high country. Um, they. Their name is. Hang on, I'll ask Gab. What's the name of the um, oh, hi, Mountain Yuzu? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah Mountain Yuzu. So they, uh, I think they're one of the only fresh Yuzu suppliers in Victoria. I know some people in New South Wales even have to reach down to those guys mm. um, to get fresh Yuzus. But they've got Yuzus, but they've got a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah, and c- including Canotto oranges, which are extremely bitter in their kind of off the tree form. Yeah, so it's like a um, um, a Seville orange uh, in the fact that you don't want to have it at half time of the footy because um, That's you know, right. <laughs> it, 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 it wouldn't be much fun at all. But it makes amazing marmalade, it makes amazing cordials and drinks. Yeah. And it's the same as the gig for uh, uh, the uh, the Canotto, and we're, we're looking at, at Bergamot too. Is the same sort of ah yeah style. I mean, that's yeah. that's a bitter old thing. Yeah, it's right, and it's it's sort of through the processing or through a lot of hard work, basically, that you extract these kind of nuances, these flavours, which um, balance other things out so well. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, sorry, Ken's shaking his head, going, "Oh, I'm not so sure about that." No, <laughs> something else. No, certainly something not. else altogether. Oh no, he was thinking about something else. Sorry, I, I was just surprised. I was surprised you, Ken. And uh, yeah. um, so. How is Gippsland going at the moment? I mean, you, you've it's great. been, been do, yeah, and it, it has been sort of a, a bit tough, but it's re-emerging and uh, opening up. Yeah, I think you know there's a lot of good things happening in Gippsland. A lot of people moving here. A lot of positive energy. We've got a really? massive project on, building our new brewery out on the farm, but there's so much other stuff going on. It's just maybe I'm just in the afterglow of the kind of community spirit from last night but i'm feeling a lot of positivity today about the region in general well i liked it the fact that it was called the deep in the weeds festival and yeah, uh, it, it was, was the deep winter festival but it got cancelled oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, deep in the weeds um now we've got about a minute left and i'm sorry we haven't given you much time but uh what's uh, what's happening you're um you're going to be building a new brewery down there in up the road from all yep. Ofsted Cape Patterson near your place. Yeah, or near Cape Conran, yeah. Conran. So um yeah. yeah, so on on our farm 
big uh, brewery, lots of farmhouse beers, a hospitality um, restaurant, um, hopefully with a series of rotating chefs, actually, which is another story. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of circular economy initiatives, um, some micro-malting using local farmers. I could go on and on, but I'm going to run out of those two minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> so there's yeah. a lot going to happen down there. Oh, wow. Well, that's, um, that sounds bloody interesting. You're going to have to keep us in the loop on that. And uh, I'm going to put you in touch with uh, Yost Baker because I think there could be some interesting yeah. sort of uh, synchronicities that could happen there. Uh, that yeah, I really think some, so. Yeah. Some good like-minded people can think alike. Uh, in the meantime, where can we get this Canono beer? I want some. Yep, I'll get you some, Cam. Yeah, and and uh, you can get it at like Black Hats and Sparrows and other good beer definitely shops. Definitely get it at definitely get it at Black Hats and Sparrows, Audacious Monk. Um, mm. Yeah, yep, lots of good oh, independent bottle shops. Yeah, done. Well, big hug to Gab. Look forward to seeing you before too long. Sorry we didn't get enough time, but we had a loquacious Italian chef. See you, buddy. <laughs> no, no problem. Be good to see you soon, Cam. Done. You got you got a deal, Kent. Thank you. Thank you, Cam. Thanks for the croissant this morning. You oh, powered tasty, me through it? the hour. I loved it. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 